Welcome to the Proper Lookout Podcast, published by the Statutory Insurance Group of McCabe Kerwood. In this series, our CTP experts will discuss a range of topics, sharing their thoughts on an industry trend or an intriguing legal issue, explaining the intricacies of an important case, and hopefully imparting some of the knowledge that they have gained. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast where my colleague Renee Reddy and myself, Ilke Antipazumu, discuss the decision of Alum versus Allianz in which a solicitor's oversight constituted an exceptional circumstance. Renee, would you like to provide some background into this case? Thanks so much, Ilke. Well, listeners, this was a case where the claimant was involved in a motor vehicle accident and assessed as having 24% whole person impairment by a medical assessor. The insurer solicitor was instructed to lodge an application for review pursuant to Section 63 of the Motor Accidents Compensation Act. However, as a result of the insurer's solicitor's oversight, the application was not lodged in time. The insurer's solicitor applied to the proper officer for an extension of time. And as we know, under clause 16.5.3 of the medical assessment guidelines, the proper officer may extend time if satisfied that exceptional circumstances exist. The proper officer forwarded the insurer's solicitor's letter to the claimant solicitor by email. The claimant solicitor was away and had not set up an out-of-office response, nor arranged for his email to be monitored in his absence. We note, listeners, that email correspondence was not the claimant's preferred form of communication. The proper officer took the lack of reply from the claimant solicitor as raising no opposition to the extension of time. The proper officer wrote to the parties, confirming that she had not received a response from the claimant solicitor and that she was prepared to accept on this occasion that exceptional circumstances existed in that the insurer's solicitor's oversight should not preclude the insurer from lodging a review application. The claimant solicitor submitted that an oversight could not amount to exceptional circumstances and that an extension of time was not warranted. He also took issue with the proper officer communicating via email when he had indicated that it was not his preferred form of communication. The proper officer responded that she had often given extensions to claimants' representatives who had missed the review application deadlines so as not to disadvantage the claimant. The same consideration had been given to the insurer. Thanks, Renee. Uh, How about I take our listeners through grounds of review raised by the claimant solicitor? Perfect, Ilke. Let us know the information. Great. The claimant solicitor raised a number of grounds of review, including one, that the proper officer erred in her finding of exceptional circumstances, two, that the proper officer failed to provide reasons as to the test applied in her determination of exceptional circumstances, three, that the proper officer failed to accord procedural fairness as the proper officer did not take into account the claimant's submissions in the application for an extension of time. And lastly, the proper officer took into account an irrelevant consideration in that the absence of a reply from the claimant's solicitor was evidence of no opposition to the application for an extension of time. Now, Renee, can you tell us a bit about the court's decision? Sure. Thanks, Ilke. Well, listeners, You'd be interested to know that the court held the fact that the claimant solicitor had not provided a response by the deadline 
was not an irrelevant consideration. The proper officer failed to accord procedural fairness to the claimant when she made her initial decision without hearing from the claimant's solicitor. However, she corrected this error in accordance with the Bardwaj principle when she wrote to the parties subsequently after considering the claimant's solicitor's submissions. Ilke, can you please tell the listeners about what test the court applied? Sure. Now, the court found that the only test to apply is whether the proper officer is satisfied that exceptional circumstances exist that justify the lodgement of a late application having regard to the submissions of the parties. As you will be aware, that Clause 16.5.3 of the guidelines requires the proper officer to make an evaluative judgment on this issue. The court held that the evaluative judgment had been made when the proper officer considered the claimant's submissions. The requirement to focus on the substantial merits of the application indicates that exceptional circumstances ought not to be construed too narrowly, listeners. Now, Justice Adamson observed that no general rule of common law or principle of natural justice requires reasons to be given for administrative decisions and that Clause 16.5 of the guidelines cannot be construed as applying beyond its terms. The summons was ultimately dismissed and the claimant was ordered to pay the insurer's costs of the proceedings. Thanks, Ilke. I might take the listeners through the principles that were espoused from this case. Now, listeners, I'm sure this case is insightful as it demonstrates real-life situations that come up as we're all human and shows us how the court takes a pragmatic view on this. In this matter, in the context of extension of time applications by parties to a medical dispute, the question as to whether circumstances are exceptional is one for the proper officer who is to construe the medical assessment guidelines fairly and according to the substantial merits of the application with as little formality and technicality as practicable and minimising the cost to the parties. Furthermore, exceptional circumstances ought not to be construed too narrowly so as to shut out a party from being entitled to have its application considered by the proper officer as gatekeeper under Section 63.3. Listeners, the only test to be applied is whether the proper officer is satisfied that exceptional circumstances exist that justify the lodgement of a late application having regard to the submissions of the parties. As you know, this is espoused in Clause 16.5.3 of the Guidelines, which requires the proper officer to make an evaluative judgment on this matter. And lastly, there is no general rule of common law or principle of natural justice that requires reasons to be given for administrative decisions, and Clause 16.5 of the Medical Assessment Guidelines cannot be construed as applying beyond its terms. Now, Ilke, can you please tell the listeners why this case note is so important? Well, yes, it's because both you and I are recording a podcast on it. <laughs> of course. That's the first reason. Sure. <laughs> No, on a serious note, this case is important because it demonstrates that a proper officer has wide discretion when determining exceptional circumstances for the purpose of Clause 16.5.3 of the Guidelines. Exceptional circumstances may exist by a mere oversight. However, listeners, 
this cannot be assumed in each instance. In order to lawfully exercise the discretion, the proper officer must take the submissions of the parties into consideration. Furthermore, whilst it didn't arise in the present case, prejudice suffered by a party as a result of the opposing party's oversight may in fact constitute a reason for the proper officer to decline an application for an extension. Thanks, listeners. And thanks, Ilke. That's been really insightful. And I'm sure the listeners have benefited a lot from listening to this podcast. Thanks, Renee. Thanks, listeners. Don't forget to join us for another insightful podcast episode. But more importantly, please do not forget to keep a proper lookout. Thanks, Ilke. Thanks, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information on anything discussed, please contact Peter Hunt at peter.hunt at or visit our website to see McCabe Kerwood's full team of specialists.